Dishing It Out with Gary O'Hanlon and Gareth Mullins. A Go Loud original podcast. Your ultimate culinary companion. Go Loud. Sounds better with us. Welcome to another episode of Dishing It Out with me, Gary O'Hanlon. And me, Gareth Mullins. And coming up on today's show, we are bringing a food critic to the party. Gaz is very nervous sitting yeah. across from me here. <laughs> Terrified of food critics he is. Gillian Nealis from the Business Post and editor also of Food & Wine. A very, very busy lady. Somebody that you and I have known for the guts of 15 or 16 years, I'd say, at yeah, this exactly. stage. And it's nice to be able to sit down in, a, in a, an environment like this and talk about, you know, what we think about food critics, how important they are, yeah. you know, how... But also how she's ended up where she's ended up and doing the job that she's doing, and mm. you know it's not a, it's not Getting an easy paid to thing. eat food. Hey, not too bad. Yeah, but also, like, there's a huge responsibility on critics, and I'm sure yeah. Gillian is going to tell us that because any time I've ever had a conversation with a critic, they all they don't take their job lightly no. because you're talking about somebody's business, their livelihood, yeah. you know, and that's why, you know, that's why I always look into. I'm interested to read reviews that critics put out on, on printed media because I think it's important and I know how seriously they take it. Where some other mediums of... Uh, of well, you have social media exactly, that's very rapid. Sometimes you don't know, you don't know, the, you don't know the, the qualifications that's becoming behind yeah. that opinion. So, you know, that's why I take them so seriously. I think most chefs do. Um, and we'll bust that myth that yeah. chefs and critics can't sit together in the same room because chefs Nonsense, chefs love food critics. I mean, important. They're very important. I mean, really and truly, you know, I think if you're doing your job well, you want to see them and you yeah. need to see them. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Gillian. It's been a few years since I've I've, I've actually seen her, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Okay, so ingredient of the week, Gareth. What are you going with this time around, brother? So I'm gonna go with beef, just as a as a, a broad stroke there, Irish beef. And um, there's a lot of conversation going on in the world at the moment about beef and you know what it's doing to the the environment, what it's doing to the different types of way it's reared and but in Ireland we are very, very, very good at rearing beef. Um we're arguably the best in the world at it. And I don't want to just be sitting here saying we're the best at everything, but, you know, last week I said butter, that we're up there in the best of the world, and a byproduct there is obviously the beef. So, um, Irish beef, generally, nearly... Your favourite cut? Mm? Depends, it really depends. Like, mm. ribeye or a cut of buff is probably yeah. where I'm at, right? Because, you know, it's, it's probably my favourite cut. But sometimes... You know, I like to eat a bit of fillet steak. Um, yeah. I know you hear chef saying there's not enough fat and all, but, you know, a very well-marbled piece of fillet is a delicious thing. Oh, yeah. I love a piece of sirloin. Well, I was going to say sirloin. There's none of it. Sirloin is yeah, it's the crack. daddy. I love the texture of sirloin. Yeah. You know, I like, I love beef that's tender, but I also like with a little bit of oil. A good rump is very good. Yeah. You know, there's none of it. There was a gaff in America called Longhorn Steakhouse. Mm. I don't know if you know it, but they used to do this thing called the Seven Pepper Strip. So New York Strip Steak, Seven Pepper Strip, Delicious. Baked potato with onion and cheese, aged cheddar and bacon in the back. The thing with American beef, a lot of American beef is grain fed. Yeah. You know, people often ask, what's the difference between grass and grain? So grass fed beef, it's a bit of a stupid thing to say, but it tastes a little bit more beefy because it's getting all its food from the chlorophyll and the grass and it gives it this more depth of flavor where 
grain fed generally is more tender and I think the best example is like Wagyu or Kobe a lot yeah. of that is, is grain fed and they're just two kind of breeds of animal that are fed grain and some other things and they get and also you're just straight up you're either eating a naturally grown product in grass or you're eating like grain that's been manipulated in some way or other so just yeah. in the mere basics of it grass is better yeah it is and like but really why I think it's better is like it's because of the flavour. And yeah. ultimately, our jobs as chefs is trying to find as much flavour as you can mm -hmm. whatever you're doing with the ingredients. So, Irish beef, I mean, another thing which is like a rib of beef that's roasted for a Sunday roast, I mean, come on, is there anything better when you roast a rib of beef on the bone? Yeah. Well, you're also talking to an inductee into the Chef's Irish Beef Club of France, brother. I've been flying the Irish flag in Paris for five or six years now. You you were, you were bringing beef over? I got, yeah, I buy, I, I all the beef I use in France is Irish. I don't use anything from France. Amazing country. I love their stuff. But when it comes to beef and what my ingredient is going to be, I only use Irish. Yeah, so I get it shipped over uh, quite often actually. And uh, I, ate in a, I ate in one of the real restaurants, La Gavroche, a few years ago and uh the main course was Irish beef. Yeah. You know, and England have amazing beef, but yeah. the, like it, it's so highly regarded with it people is. that do our job worldwide. You know, and I think sometimes in Ireland, I don't know whether we remember that all the time, you know, and mm. if, obviously if you do air job around it all the time, we'd know it, but we're really, really good at it. And, you know, I think when they talk about the impact it's having on the ozone, Go and have a look at industrial farming on a much larger... And the, the States is the most obvious place to do it. Like, there's literally... There's farmers over there that own millions of cattle. Where I think uh, the lads up in John Stone are telling me that the Irish farmer, the average farmer owns something like... I think it's between 70 and 90 uh, cattle. That's kind of the average. Yeah. Some own a little bit more than that. Some own much less. But they're talking about people that own a bit of land and they're farming some yeah. animals and they're, that's how they're making their living. Where mm -hmm. you go over to America, they're, they're looking at their beef in helicopters. They're yeah. flying around blading places in helicopters, man. <laughs> so, you know, that's why there's, yeah. it's the byproduct. It's the, uh -huh. it's the it's the manure where the challenge is. So, mm -hmm. anyway, Irish beef. What are you Irish beef. I'm going to go with an Irish oyster. Oh, come on. Yes. Yeah. I'll see your beef and I, will raise, <laughs> yeah. and I will raise you some oysters, my brother. Do you have a favourite? Irish premium oysters, Donegal oysters, yeah. Ah, look, all the seas really, like around around the country. You know, I mean, you've 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 got Carringford, you've got the boys over in Galway. I'm is it Hearts? Is it Hearts over? I'm in, using in, Flaggy Shore, which Flaggy is Shore, top Absolutely. top drawer. We use these ones called Dainties. They're a little bit smaller. Yeah. And my sweeter, Jesus, they're lovely, man. sweeter, yeah, so good. And um, yeah, look, I would have grown up around oysters, like wild oysters. Weirdly enough, I mean, I don't have any romantic stories about being surrounded by brilliant, brilliant food. <laughs> I don't want to no give way, you. I'm a, go with that. I, I don't want to give you a, an Anthony Bourneen <laughs> love story with oysters that he had in France. You know, because mine are from walking through northeast winds. Your first oyster, yeah. I'll tell you better again. I, I I don't eat tons of them, you know, but my first ever oyster was in Amport Moor in Westport. Frankie Fish, aptly nicknamed by myself many years ago for his love of the old seafood. Where better to be? But Frankie's one of the best pair of hands with seafood in them, a really good cook. And I was at a Eurotox lunch down in Westport. It's the first time you had an oyster? That was the first time I ate one. Where? Yeah, I'd never eaten one, ever. What age were you? 
I was twenties, thirty-two. Like. I'd say. So what were you doing before that? Not eating them. You just wouldn't eat them. No, I wouldn't eat them. Jesus. No, Christ. no, I wouldn't eat them. I, I grew up working with them. They put me through school. You know, yeah, wild oysters now. You know, right. from Loxwilly. and um, don't know. Just had a feel. had a not for me, no. And then I ate one. I was like, whoo, mm-hmm. mamacita, unbelievable. <laughs> Fuck me. And it's not as if Frankie did anything with it. He just opened it. Yeah, Do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean. And um, but yeah, I I love working with oysters. I've been buying them forever. And using them, I have a few different ways. I have an oysters Rockefeller recipe. I used to do it. I have them on the menu. I used to do it as a. I used to do it as a bush. I have it on on one of my menus in Paris, coming up. I have another one that I do a. It's a, a bacon and cabbage and an Irish butter. I do a sort of a dice, not a brunoise, but a a dice of of bacon belly and render it um, with a mixture of York leaf and Savoy cabbage, and uh, cooked cooked in butter. A little bit of white pepper, and then I I make a sabion with the head of a pint of Guinness. So it's a Guinness sabion on top, and then I scorch the sabion, and you crack through it into the the oyster. It's pretty Lovely. pretty cool, and uh, yeah, it's a nice way of eating them as well. Yeah, and I think if you're new to the world of oysters, you know, you just have to give it a go. That's what I would say to you. And I think, you know, to have it just with a little bit of vinegar or a little bit of yeah. lemon or like I definitely egg, would yeah. say, you know. A little bit of citrus in there really works, or you know. So if you are just getting into it, and if you, you're probably better. You might think differently, Gareth, but you're probably better to go with a hot oyster knife and fork it you know, for the reason, first one. If you're instead of going au naturel, I remember having off. to eat my first one, and there was a sous chef that was like, I tell you, I was about seventeen or eighteen, and he was like, "Have you ever had an oyster?" And I was like, "No." And he was like, "Right, well, you're gonna have one now." And I was really, really bleeding worried about what was gonna happen. I was like. I just never eat one. So, but he goes, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, the first one that you're gonna eat, I'm gonna cook it for you. Yeah. So he, he opened it, he took it off the shell, and then we had a, a very, very simple little white wine sauce with some shallots and some tarragon, I think, nice. in there. And he just popped it in there, and there was fresh peas in there. I remember. Yeah. So he poached it in this little white wine sauce, and when you poach an oyster, it, it gets away from that really soft. I don't want to use yeah. the word slimy because people use that. I don't think they're slimy. Um that kind of really soft texture and they just plump up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So then he put the cream sauce and the oyster back into the shell and I ate it and I can still remember it. Yeah. Right, like I can remember it as if it was yesterday. And then I've eaten them, I've eaten thousands Sounds like of them a decent cat actually because that was a really nice... Do you know who I was? It was Aldrin, really... his name is Aldrin Lucy. Uh, oh, I know. Yeah, uh, Aldi, yeah. yeah How do I know that name? Yeah, he's down in, uh, he, he's down in Kerry now but Aldi yes. done that for me years and you, he won't remember it but... I remember it, and that was my first experience of an oyster. And then, since then, I mean, I worked out in Australia, so I worked in a restaurant where we sold literally oh, yeah. thousands of them. I have scars to prove it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, but I love oysters. That's a really, really good show, and it's a it shouldn't it's a food that people shouldn't be afraid of. Yeah, um, and one of Ireland's biggest exports. exports yeah, yeah. yeah, we're we're world renowned for them as well. Yeah. So next up. On Dishing It Out is a guest that Gareth and I have been waiting to get on for a while now. Managing editor of the Business Post and the scary part, 
editor of Food and Wine magazine. That's why Garrett's going to be in his best behavior today. Yeah. <laughs> Should have worn a shirt and tie, maybe myself. You know, Gillian Nils, brilliant to have you here. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Yeah, I was kind of expecting maybe top hat and tail. Yeah. <laughs> something, but it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So you've kind of made your way into our world, I'm going to say 13, 14, 15 years ago, was it that you yeah. took over from Ross Golden Bannon? Maybe? It would be around that because we were just reminiscing about the fact that when we first met, my son was still in a cot, in a cot. and was about one and he's going to be 14 very yeah. soon. So, yeah, around that. I hope you just got him a bed, did you? Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing just wasn't working out. It was a bit weird. Yeah. So, um, and by com- I suppose in common with a lot of small companies, it happened by complete accident. So yeah. Ross decided he wanted to move on. He was our previous restaurant critic. And I was looking after a magazine at the time and I thought, okay, sure, I'll do it for a month um, until I find somebody. Um, and here I am. And, and then you found that you just enjoyed, enjoyed getting paid it. to eat food all I the time. I did enjoy getting paid <laughs> to eat food. And I suppose for us, it's interesting because of our business audience as well. It was great to meet entrepreneurs and to meet people doing interesting things in hospitality. So yeah. it was getting that double en- en- element of it that I really enjoyed. Um, and look, it's the best part of being a journalist is getting to go out and chat to people. That's, I know. You know, what more could you want? So, um, so the food part before that, mm-hmm. what, what does that look like? Well, I always laugh when, you know, I sometimes find myself at dinners with lots of food writers and they're all telling stories about how, you know, they Set had chickens the and, and they had, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. their mother made their own And most bread of them are full and, of shade and they're lying anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I mean, certainly, my, you know, my background and my mother is a wonderful woman and she's good at many things. But cook's but not one of them. not right. one of them. Welcome uh, to my mammy as well. You know, <laughs> myself and my best friend always say it's a miracle we didn't get BSE in the right. 80s because we were brought up on tins of meatballs you know the steak kidney pie that you open with a tin opener oh El Clasico yeah Findus crispy pancakes all all the we'll we'll have nothing bad said about a crispy pancake in here so no I was completely not foodie foodie at all and then I moved to Dublin to kind of take up the job when I became when I went into the business post and it was funny because I can still remember it and tell you how long ago it was going being sent to a lunch in Peacock Alley on South William Street yeah with Conrad where Conrad Gallagher was cooking and I still remember a plate coming out with mashed potato and salmon on top of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what is this craziness? Yeah. And then he was king of building food on top of it. Yeah, Conrad loved the high plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then for my sins, I was property editor of the paper during the boom. Please don't hate me, everybody. It was a crazy time. But that I got to go to a lot of lovely places and I suppose that's where you know I started to really appreciate good everybody missed that ad revenue for a while (laughs) exactly (laughs) and then I guess I suppose my husband is a great cook really keen cook loves food so food just became kind of all around me then yeah Alex actually has a a right palate, you know. Like yeah. I know he loves spending a lot of time in Japan. Like, and yes. he loves that cuisine. He loves that cuisine, but yeah. loves, he just has a really great interest. And the in biggest it, fan of anchovies I think I've ever seen in my life. Yes, we, am I right? There's always a lot of. If you're ever stuck, anybody <laughs> yeah, out right, there, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. anchovies. We've got I'm all the anchovies, up. you know. But he's great. Like he loves getting into things like for you know making sauerkraut and fermenting. So although I did laugh, it was. I think he met a guy at Ballymaloo once who was a big kind of guru on fermenting. And I was joking with him saying, I mean, you're basically only not fermenting the cornflakes. You know, yeah. you open the door in the evenings and there's just this smell what? of like, oh my God. But so it's been great like to have that on both ends. You know? Yeah, I suppose. And like, has 
obviously, like with wee Sam at home or whatever, probably for a, he'd be the ideal partner. Do you like to eat with someone? Do you like to go on your own, or have you a wee group of buddies that you call that on? I wrote, that used yeah, to be your that guinea pigs. In. So yeah, so it depends. So Alex will come a lot. I rarely go on my own if I'm working because there's yeah. only so much you can order yourself. Yeah, yeah you um, don't see enough. You don't see enough. Well, that's now, a that's a good you know, point actually, yeah, because you get the double bubble and there's two of you there. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then friends will come or Sam and Sam is like Sam's doing home home economics now in school and loving it. And so he's getting more and more interested in food. And we're actually, we're lucky, we're lucky enough to be able to take him to Japan in June. So we're oh, really wow. looking forward to that. And wow. between the food and the manga and the anime, <laughs> I think we get the best parent of the year awards, you know. So it's, oh, so wow, I have a roster gonna, of people who will come with gonna me. That's going to be some And who, who, do you cook? No. Not at all? Not at all, Jesus, no. Jesus, you're quick to answer that. I know. <laughs> right out of box. Yeah, I don't know. I offended you there in some way. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like you've accused me. Me, dinners. cook. No, I'm not... Like I, I am not a good cook. I find it quite stressful. Well, Whereas, you know, Alex, he would, and like a lot of people, yeah, they enjoy it. Relaxing. It's, it's yeah. a way of twitching off from the day's work. Jesus, happy days for you. Oh huh? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Marry somebody who can cook. Everybody, but um, no, I, I mean, I could kind of stretch to a soup and I know how to cook a steak but no yeah. I would not be you know if, if if you're invited to our house for dinner just check who's cooking <laughs> yeah, and it's me say no yeah, you're going to okay. be busy yeah and um, whenever then you took over from, from Ross mm-hmm. then at that point like um, has your I suppose love of restaurants or has that changed did you always have a type of place that you thought you would like are you eating stuff that you never would have envisaged eating yeah, and, and has think, like as your whole outlook yeah, yeah completely because I think really what you're there for I always think is is to judge the experience with what they're trying to do so yeah. you know you can't you can't apply the same criteria to a Michelin starred restaurant mm-hmm. as a kind of a little casual place so you have to be always thinking of that and thinking of are they meeting? Well, the best critics here? get that. And that's yes. why I, Gareth and I have often talked about it, you know. We love to see critics, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the best they're critics, essential. especially if there's a mistake or whatever, they're actually the, they're the best fair, ones. That, they're fair, yeah. yeah. Fair, fair is the yeah. is the perfect word because, yeah. you know, mistakes happen or this, that or the other, you know. But for the most part, I felt over the years, and I'm sure you'd agree, that it's the more experienced critics that I'll say, well, listen, that could have happened. The Pope as Annette would say, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's yeah. not something that's happening here every day and you yeah. can move on from it. Yeah, and you yeah. can get a sense. I mean, look, there's very few places that are cynically trying to cook bad food. I mean, there really yeah. isn't. I mean, most people are doing their very best. And, you know, I always think like, well, if somebody came in to critique my work, they're absolutely going to be able to find flaws with it. So yeah. I think you just have to be fair. Um, I really hate those kind of, and we don't really have them here, but in the UK, those critics who just, yeah, they, slash they want up. to really, and I think, you know, people are really working very hard. This oh, is their yeah. business. This is their life. So, mm. you know, if you enjoy putting the knife in, oh, it's kind of something yeah. wrong with you. There's, there. a, lot of, there's yeah. a lot of that went on in America too for a long time, you know, yeah. but, in, but in, in in England, the UK, you're, you're spot on. I mean, it's, it's almost like a rite of passage that they bury somebody yeah. Yeah. every so often. You know, yeah. if it's four or five in a row, don't be don't be six or seven yeah, in a, but, but I mean, yeah. the list. You also need to critique what's in front of you. Like, that's you know, it. That's and you some, have like, to you know, not to say, to oh, no, just, yeah, like, yeah, you have to, if something's not right. Oh, I. Yeah, well, you listen, say it. But my only all... experience is when I'm judging competitions. So, yeah. And yeah. I've done, obviously done a lot of it over the last few years. And yeah. sometimes you have to just go. To just say it. But again, yeah, I think, and I'm sure you, know? you probably 
there's no point in you being cruel about it. No, mean about, and I said yeah, I no, think no, there's no. few enough places that are really cynically mm. trying to. I think I've only come across maybe three or four of them in my whole time reviewing, where yeah. you just know this is just completely cynical. There's no real thought gone into this. Yeah, it's, it's basically money just get money off people mal, yeah, 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 and all yeah, yeah. of that. But most people are. And then it's nearly so bad that you're probably like, Jesus Christ, if I write what I really feel about this place, I know. I'm going to be in a courthouse. Exactly. Next well, that's it. <laughs> well, that you probably know, crosses yeah. your mind, right? You're like, oh, this is, yeah. you just shelve it then. No, I mean, not necessarily. You do ha- always have to be mindful of defamation laws. And we're a real outlier in Ireland in terms of our defamation laws yeah. are very onerous. And I suppose for us, especially, we're a small company. So God forbid one really bad libel award and you're really, really in trouble. So the advent of smartphones are actually great for that because you can take pictures of the food. So you've got the the kind of proof there, you've got the evidence. So um, I think there was a famous case some years ago uh, and and I think think it was the Herald and I think they won the case from memory. But it is, you do have to be thinking. But again, it's like anything, you should say, can I, is this fair? Can I stand over it? Do I feel that I have done the best I can with this you know and if somewhere as you said you have to be able to critique it there's no point in doing it if you're just going to say everything is lovely okay you know but it's getting that balance if you were to put a percentage on how often you're recognised Oh, it really depends. I would say it's probably about half the time. 50, yeah, yeah, yeah. About fifty percent. Um, like it's I don't I don't like it because I think it makes people really nervous. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. you know, and and, it's, and that can kind of create. When I was in Viewmount, we never we never ever told the staff when no. there was a food critic in. No. Never, because they were just like, you know what? They're up. coming in every day. They're doing. They're doing it. If they the make job. a mistake, it'll be a genuine yeah, mistake. Yeah. But the last thing is going to happen is we're going to let them make a mistake out of nervousness because oh, yeah. pe- that's when everybody that's makes a mistake oh, is when they're really yeah. trying not to. Not to, yeah, you know absolutely. What I mean? get all like you're all like, what do you do? Do you tell the team if you have... Uh... We, we just make them aware. Like, I mean, I work in an environment where there's loads of different... Uh, uh, assessments going on all the time so yeah. it's not only just food critics like we work on, under umbrella of leading hotel of the world so we get like four inspections from there yeah. the major brands yeah. mine are they send in about six a year okay, so there's so constantly kind of people yeah. in but they're not only True. looking at how the beef was cooked or what the linen was like they're also yeah. looking at was underneath of the bed clean and was the shampoos yeah. changed correctly and I mean those mystery shoppers when I was in hotels two and a half day, thousand standards <laughs> fucking two, going along the top of the wardrobe <laughs> yeah but you know what they do yeah. like they're like anything right you have to just you have to just train yeah. your team into working to the standards yeah. don't be yeah. work, don't be Ro- training to Ro- catch people Rose yeah. Cunningham was my favourite uh, she was in her 90s when she died you know but she, for the 10 years I was in Viewmount House she only missed the Sunday lunch near the end of that mm. period when she started getting sick and she died so I remember Georgina Campbell I spotted her in the gardens one day and I went Georgina's out in the garden and goes she's she's obviously booked in for lunch yeah. and I says Put her up on table one. It goes roses on table two with the family. I goes put her, and with, <laughs> I think back to this day it was a fucking nightmare. You know what I mean? Anyways, Georgina's sitting down there, whatever. Rose is there, whatever. And fish cake is all she had for a starter. So we ne- we never put it on every single week. Yeah. We changed the menu every week, right? Always had but I I made one for, for Rose every course. every yeah, single yeah. Sunday. Yeah. I made one for Rose. Anyway, don't ask me why, but it must have been slightly different size than nor- I don't know why right Camilla I always remember Camilla I can still see her face coming back in in the fish cake and 
my soul was starting to leave my body, right? <laughs> I see Camilla and I went, what? what's, what's wrong? What, what's wrong, Camilla? And she goes, chef. And she goes, Rose just said, goes, tell that boy I got two last week, right? <laughs> and I went, oh my fucking God, this isn't happening to me, you know? And I went, all right, okay. And I goes, shouldn't you? He goes, she says, take it away and tell that boy I like two fish cakes or right? whatever. So I put it back together, back out anyway. Next thing, Rose is having the time of her life chatting to Georgina yeah. and having the crack and one rest of the year that year. <laughs> so it didn't do any damage or whatever. tell me you cut the but fish cake in two. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I had to re... Yeah. I, I still had enough mix that we had to re it and, and cook it fresh again. But I, I was just there. I was just there like, this could only happen to me. <laughs> Fuck my life. <laughs> I was like, Rose, why did you do it to me? Why, 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 why? It was just, you know, I strategically st- sat her right there for a reason and she yeah. fucking buried me. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yeah, gas. Dishing it out with Gary O'Hanlon and Gareth Mullins, a Go Loud original podcast. Giving you a helping hand with your food frustrations. Go Loud. Sounds better with us. Dishing It Out with Gary O'Hanlon and Gareth Mullins, a Go Loud original podcast. Subscribe for free on the Go Loud app and never miss an episode. Go Loud. Sounds better with us. And how often do you come across moments that really surprise you in restaurants? In a good or a bad way. Well, no, well, anyway, yeah, like anyway. you can still be surprised. And it's funny sometimes because I think obviously now with... With social media, there's a lot of buzz a lot of the time in advance of a place opening. So, you know, you can sometimes be surprised that maybe it hasn't lived up to that hype. Equally, you can have, you still get some amazing dishes and that's great. And to see that happening now, even in the kind of economy we're in, because Mm -hmm. it's so tough for people at the moment. I really, I take my hat off to anybody who's keeping going in any sector, but particularly in hospitality. But you still do get those lovely moments where you think this is great. And and that, you know, that that is what I suppose keeps you keeps you interested, keeps going back for more, you know, but it can work the other way as well. You know, and I have been, it's interesting because I was talking to somebody about, the 40 euro main course, which I always think is a bit of a benchmark for me. And you see it on now on some restaurants. And I always think, OK, if you're going to charge me that, I have no problem paying that. But it needs to but be, it better be really, 40 really good. It's worth a good gear. Yeah. yeah. And I've had kind of two recent instances where that just wasn't there. And I think at the moment, like it's a tricky time for people at the moment. Now, I do think people are still prepared to pay for really good food, yeah. but they are... I suppose they're maybe going out once a month when before they were going out twice or three I've, times. I've found so prices in some restaurants and I never ever would have looked at money. I would have just always enjoyed food. The experience. And I remember, yeah, yeah, I'm just like, I'm out. I I, yeah. I don't really care what I'm paying. I just, I'm a, a yeah. rare night out. Yeah. But I remember in, in the last six months, twice, just going, what? oh my God. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we, I mean, I've all been cooking in Paris and France for the last five years and I'm, I'm not buying in Ireland so I'm not pricing yeah. in Ireland and, I was just like, this this could not possibly be. And I'm talking starters in the twenty euro mark yeah, now. Yeah, and I'm yeah. just like, I ah, hear. Would you would you stop? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean you know? to to defend that corner, like it's never I mean, I'm cooking a long time at a senior level, so I'm around buying P and L's, reporting in why we're making yeah. money and why we're not. I've never found it as hard. Oh look, I totally and I, I, I'm just like kinda going so 
Like, and you, you do everything in your power not to pass the cost on. Yeah, yeah. But at some point, you, you know, we, to, we, you we know. the REIs in last week, they had lunch with us, and Adrian was uh, talking to him, and he was like, and what about the VAT? And I was like, yeah, Adrian, yeah, it's like, it's killing us. I says, mm. but so is the... The waging tomatoes, so onions, the, the everything like has energy, gone up. Everything and I like, and I get it. I get it. Like, yeah. I know what yeah. we're trying to benchmark ourselves in Europe, and we're trying to get yeah. the wages up, which I wholeheartedly agree with. Yeah. And yeah. but I also, I'm going. Look, we want the restaurant to be full, and we want people to come in, and yeah. you know, the prices Such are a balance going up. Act. It's, it really it's is. Yeah, but recently, Gillian, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be public knowledge, but I mean, I've I've said it on a couple of interviews in RT and different places lately. But I've done due diligence on a few places. Mm-hmm. I was moving back to Ireland. I was, you know, been talking to Gareth a lot, and I've looked under the hood of a few places that have never traded better, all losing money. Yeah, mm. and Just it's soul destroying. It is frightening, and that yeah, well, yeah. soul destroying is is the word there because what's going to happen now. And any man and his dog that knows anything about basic mathematics will tell you, or especially anybody in the business, like dealing like head chefs do all the time with the numbers. It is going to be biblical, the closures mm-hmm. this year. But the problem, the sad part of it is, is the WAF, the new places going to open, are not going to come this time. Yeah. You know, Which the is what we have banks aren't going time. to give out yeah, money yeah. unless you have a check yeah. to buy a building for 800 grand or a million or whatever it'll be. And there's only obviously a certain cohort that can do that. But, you know, the next young chef coming up with their partner that wants to get involved, the bank's going to look at it and just say, can't give you money there's no profit and even if there was money I think people now especially post-COVID they're so wary of debt so wary of getting themselves into that situation where they end up with a pile of debt and it's going to as you said like the last time after the last crash we had this amazing kind of boost to creativity and new people coming Yeah, we opened the 2nd of August 08 like Lehman Brothers was was closed was going mental around that month I just bowed out of buying an apartment I mean I I, I can vividly remember 2008 because it was literally the 2nd of August, bank holiday weekend, Viewmount open. But the beauty there was we'd never experienced Celtic Tiger money yeah, or prices. Yeah. So you, being naive to it all was the best thing that yeah. ever happened. And then just going in and building low. But but right now, just the cost of everything, it's, you know, you need a good reputation to sell certain things mm-hmm. at a certain price. Grand, when you're going to a five-star hotel, 10 years of building a reputation, you're like going, well, do you know what? If it's 20-odd bucks for this, that, and the other, I know him, I know the place. Yeah. It's yeah. got the rep, I'm going to buy it. Say the same, but the Marion or Gibos or all these places. But when you're somebody who just opens the door and you go for the first time, which leads me into... Speed of reviews. Mm. Do you feel or do you put yourself under pressure to get in ahead of everybody or are you a critic that likes to wait? Um, or a wee mixture depending. A wee on mixture depending. I yeah. mean, I don't like, I would. Ne- I accidentally once went to a restaurant on opening night yeah. and in my defence, I just hadn't realised. I had booked it, <laughs> hadn't realised it was actually James Sheridan's place when he was in the hotel whose name now has gone out of my head nearby. Yeah, yeah. Marlon is yeah, the mar- and I yeah. walked in and I he was coming Good down the corridor. Though, He's a yeah. great chef. He and I was coming in and he just said, Gillian. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, like, yeah. What? And he said, It's opening night. I was like, Oh God. Yeah. Now it was a great meal and whatever. But no, I don't think I, I wouldn't really do that on purpose. Yeah. But then equally, look at depends. 
Huh? You're open, I know. It depends. Oh, yeah, it's a, I agree. It, yeah, if it's a place that I know our readers are going to be very interested yeah. in, you try to get in as timely as you can. I'm quite lucky in that our production deadlines are pretty good. So if I go, technically, I could go somewhere on a Thursday night and write it up the next morning and wow. have it in. Now, well, I mean, the, the production department wouldn't be happy with me, but in theory, <laughs> I could do it. Um, so you try to be timely, yeah, uh, but not at the... Ex- no, I've never, as I said, apart from that one time, sorry, yeah. James, if you're listening to this. <laughs> Very sorry again. I haven't yeah. actually done that. How many would uh, like? How far ahead of yourself would you be? Like, or I mean, in theory, I should yeah. be way ahead of myself, but, but I suppose not. there's a lot of other stuff that I do in work. Yeah. So um, I was going to say because you've got the the actual role, like yeah, yeah, the day job, the day, the, whatever. The so day job. I don't know. Do you call all of it the day job or the real job? Or I suppose it all comes into it's one, all one I umbrella. Guess, yeah, you know. But um, so I mean, am I or no? Have I? I've got this week's written. I just filed <laughs> it today, uh, so I need to think of another one now for next week. And look again, as we all go much more digital now, seven days. I mean, we will. You know, the the goal now is our review goes up online on a Thursday, mm. which you know a lot of the others do as well, and then in the paper. Then so yeah. I should. Like, be more the Irish food, <laughs> like I think we said this a few weeks ago, but it's rare enough now we get a poor meal around Ireland. Like in my experience, yeah. like everywhere yeah. is cooking to a really good level. Yeah. There's a lot of exciting foods, which is amazing when most of them are short staffed and everything. Yeah, but like else. you yeah. see that. Like I mean, it's, I think back to when I came home from Australia, which is in '05 or '06, mm-hmm. and. There was still a lot of very shaky cooking. Oh yeah, on. yeah, you know, and was, very little variety. Very it was all everyone was doing I mean, the same. And, but now, like, there's. Um, I was in town last Saturday night, and I was out for a few points, and I ended up over on Cable Street. I haven't been in town like that in. I actually can't remember it was that mm. long ago, so yeah. years and years ago. And the couple that we were with were like, "Have you ever been into those Chinese on Cable Street?" And I was like. No, I hear about them all the time. He's like, come yeah. on, we walk over. So we went over. I, mean, I don't know the name of it now, but a small little place yeah. they'd been yeah. to before. The most amazing plate of noodles. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know how much it was, 12 or 14 yeah. quid or something. Yeah. We shared them and this kind of soft, or this hard roll, but really soft on the inside. And it was filled with, um, had a few points on me now. It was filled with like this crispy pork and crab. Right. Oh, like, nice. So good. Yeah, like, yeah. And I was Deadly. like, oh my God. And like, there's yeah. just so much brilliant variety of food now across so many different But places. it reminded me of like when I lived in Sydney because yeah. like there was so many places I used to go when I finished work with other chef friends and I used to go to this restaurant called Barbecue King down in uh, Chinatown in Sydney for Peking Duck. Yeah. I can still taste it. Yeah. And you'd go in Full of chefs. I used to go to Peking yeah. Tom's in Boston. Exactly, to everyone had that. Yeah. Like, like, oh my but now, God. like Dublin, the rest of Ireland probably hasn't got the variety that Dublin has. Right? Yeah. But well, you oh, no. see it kind of filtering yeah. out. Like when you see, you know, like at our awards this year, yeah, like yeah, we yeah. had it, like Dove and Kildare won yeah. an award, yeah. St. Francis Provisions and Kinsale. Now I know Kinsale was always, yeah, always there, 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 yeah. the dread, yeah. gourmet words, the dread, the gourmet. But like there's lovely new places yeah, coming yeah. in that. And, you know, maybe... Maybe we will see a little bit more of that. Of course, the con- the flip side is, yeah, you can get your premises and everything cheaper, but do you have your do you have enough of a market? Yeah. Food, footfall, footfall is a big yeah. one, you know. Yeah. yeah, which is obviously you get you chat about Chinese food there. But I mean, you'd be amazed at the restaurants in Dublin, even that you're not going into. I mean, I had a business lunch with Kwanji a few years ago. We used to work together, and he told me to go to some place, walked in, man, and it's obviously just the whole Chinese community yeah. like, are, all are, go, are all over the place. I'm like, no, it looks small from the outside, going massive. And Kwanji's ordering. It was one of the most amazing experiences of food I've ever had in Ireland. Yeah. Everyone was speaking Chinese and it was just 
the most beautiful food. I mean, it blew my mind. Yeah. I'm like, won't you? I wouldn't even think to come in. Like, I wouldn't yeah. know if it's good or bad or indifferent, you know. And I was like, going, Jesus, how many more places are like this? Are there like that? Do- dotted yeah, yeah. all over the place, you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. But I think that, like, the social media is helping with all. There's loads of accounts now that are yeah. highlighting all these places. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, w- but when I want to read a review, I want to go and read it in the newspaper. Yeah. You know, Thank you, Gareth. No, well, I'm not saying that because you're here, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, but I, it's true though, yeah. yeah. No, but like, I want to see these places, and like, yeah. like, and it's a different thing. Yeah, I'm but I'm not. Going, are you are you aware, or would you be aware of just how much it means to a chef? Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. suppose I would. Yeah. Now, in a way, you can't really think of it like that because yeah. then you're kind of. You know, no, but I suppose like, when you write it and it's good, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then you're at home on a Sunday and the chef might be putting it up online and mentioning about yeah. it. I mean. No, it's low. Because I can tell you, like, it's, happens, especially if you know? somebody that's. What new. do you mean, like, the way, like, some chefs, like, are really waiting for the newspaper, like. And are delighted happened? then when they. Have a critic in. Yeah, yeah. Lucinda made me hang for six weeks once. <laughs> six weeks. <laughs> oh, that's and then she dished it out when I was on honeymoon. Nasty. Oh, Thank God it was worth waiting for. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Sweet Jesus. Yeah. I wasn't right, man. Yeah. Six fucking weeks. But it is lovely and it can be very, like, especially, I can't, it was a chef and I think it was an Italian chef, I think, and he's like, oh, thank you so much. And I've bought all these copies to send, send to my mum. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, so it is, it's lovely. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, but yeah. I think no matter what grade you're cooking and, you know, there's a review coming in that Sunday morning when you wake up. Oh, you're hopping. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, man, what's that? I'm a late <laughs> oh, in the hair. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, do you get someone else for You look at it first. No, no, family, you're you in know? the car on your own. It's one part of the job, though, that's really, you know, it's good. You know, you you got to take the good with the evil, I suppose. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's if you're going to be put out there to to take plaudits, you know. But it's there's not too many careers where you're judged publicly. No, as much that's as really there. tough. Oh, it's, it's really it's, tough. It is. Yeah. Sport, yeah. Sport you're critiqued instantly. instantly. And now the way sport has gone is that yeah. fashion, I mean, having to yeah, put a collection yeah, yeah. up two, three yeah, times yeah, a year yeah. and having literally people. Like, but it's, really like, I think yeah. it's like the world of creativity. And I think you learn, well, I've certainly learned this as I got a little bit older, that you have to just hang your hat that some people aren't going to like what you do. Where when you're yeah. younger, yeah. you think that every guest is going to be, yeah. like, they really oh, get yeah. your flavour profiles. and. Yeah what you're at and what you're trying and maybe you want your food to be simpler and they're looking yeah. Yeah. and that's it some people are just it's just not for them and that's totally fine and even but you only le- you have to learn that because like, people that, tell you, you all know. the time oh, I'm yeah, not worried yeah. about it and you're going yeah but I do worry about I know, it Those bottom, I know, yeah, but as yeah. I've gotten a little bit older I've kind of went you have to confidence grows and you yeah. get a little bit more assured in yourself And yeah. but I think that early process for a chef is very important to, to, it kind of it, it, it gives you it gives you the strength to, to oh, uh, yeah. of your convictions yeah, as you really go on does. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and I like I'm really exposed to to it in the young chef competition. because yeah. I see come the ones that come in that are like biting off way more than they can chew, <laughs> and we tell them all it's the semi final. It's a mystery basket. We're just looking to make sure you can cook, yeah. you can yeah. season. And then I see Don't the thermal mix yeah, going yeah. I've seen another thing. And another, what are you doing? Well, I'm going to make this mousse. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to... Oh, no. even an hour and a half. And you... Okay, cool. Yeah, great. Beef route 27 ways or <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. Yeah. But sometimes it works yeah. and you're like going, oh, man, yeah. I'm just... No, it's like anything. I mean, it's like even if you're doing a job interview or doing... Yeah, yeah, you lose, yeah, your, yeah. You lose your head, you know? I know so why I am know. I even doing this? Well, we, we usually wrap it up with a cookbook, but just before we get to that there, 
we got to chat judges chambers at you're the top dog now at food and wine so are you like are you at the end of the table going I'm the boss now everyone be quiet everyone be quiet <laughs> no I, I, I think anyone who's on my judging panel will say I do like to keep things moving you yeah. know I'm kind of I'm, just, I'm asking you know. because I remember having a drink with you in the Burlington years ago yeah and you said something to me that that really stayed in my head and you just says you know Gary you've got to be the loudest in the room if you want your chef you know if you have a yeah, favorite or you're yeah. doing whatever and uh and i was like all right jay and i goes well surely everybody whatever it was anyway you were going on but you were referring to some critic i won't name who like no, please don't no, I won't. <laughs> no way no of course i won't know but i was laughing you were just like okay. going like it's amazing like if someone just gets in behind a chef and they're the yeah, loudest yeah. in the room it can sometimes swing it, it can and, swing and it. you know I, so what I try to do is and I'm I'm really I have a small judging panel I have you know a good wide variety of ages locations yeah. all of that and generally it works pretty well I mean yeah in theory I have a casting vote if there's a tie I don't do that unless there literally is a tie yeah. and I just think well why would I why do I bother bringing a panel in yeah. then yeah. I just you know and and it's been amazing like this year I mean, considering all the problems the industry has had, it was the toughest session we've ever... Like, there were a lot of categories that were literally one by one vote. Yeah. So I think if you kind of assemble a good mix of people, you're confident in, in their kind of unbiased opinions. Yeah. I think that's the way to go. A lot of know? chefs would be a fly in the wall in there, wouldn't it be yeah, deadly? Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. But I think it's, yeah, because I kind of did think, do I need more people on the panel? So, well, I think if you have a good representation, ah, yeah. you need to be a that's big, true. big room. You know? So on to the cookbook. As our listeners know, we, we ask our guests to bring on something that, they love, they like, they use, they use loads or once or twice. What have yeah. you gone with, Gillian? So I have gone with Spice Box, which is Sunil Guy's oh, uh, the master. Uh, cookbook. So yeah, as you say, the master of Indian cooking, just yeah. chef patron of Pickle. They also, him and his wife, Lena, have a place in Greystones where we live as well. Tiffin, I love his food. He's love, amazing. Love his food. Amazing. So much flavour. We've said it on, on the show a good few times, like I'm on the restaurant, as you know, but the amount of celebrities that have come on with the recipe of Sunil's yeah. it's amazing they're how so many, good how many so people go to were, were you at that lunch over in St. Tola where he cooked no no I couldn't make, but it sounds yeah. <laughs> it come up because we, uh, they were celebrating 20, 20 years of yeah. St. Tola goats cheese uh, they organised a, a long table down that we, we spoke about this down, but to put it down the centre of the, the goat, the goat shed, shed. Please being... don't tell me the poor goats were looking on as you ate goat. Yeah. So what did Sunil cook? Yes. I no. wish he hadn't. I wish you'd stop telling this story. By the way, <laughs> it's very silence of the lambs. It's very cannibalistic, isn't it? Yeah, we literally were eating goat curry in a goat so shed as poor and I were holding newly born goats. I actually found goat. I don't know. Maybe I forgot to say that because my kids were with me as well, and yeah. they were those kids being born and blah blah blah, and then that. He does this goat, goat mince curry. And yeah, and it's, it's delicious. The goat on toast. It's beautiful. And I'm not... Squ- and look, I don't know if you... Do you remember we were on a trip yes. once together to yeah, an yeah, abattoir? And it was... And do you know, you know what? I'd never been to an abattoir. Oh, and for I'd, God's sake. Really? No, no I hadn't. No, I, I hadn't either. And, I, and me, was, me, 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 see beside you from the bus. We were, down, yeah, and I was yeah. thinking to myself... He's got sick together. No, no. I was like, <laughs> what if I faint? Like the hypocrisy of me. You know what? In the there. hardest part of it being in an abattoir, especially if it's a small one, is the heat and the steam from the innards. I have to say, it was Isn't like it? what impressed me so much. So at, much at heat. being in there was like how 
how organized, clinical, clean, yeah. humane, yeah. all of these words. Look, it is the words. reality of it. But I also, if you if you eat meat, oh, then, yeah, exactly. you know, you have but to But I also like the Irish standards when it comes to, yeah. you know, butchery and how all that's done. It's world renowned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, I remember, you know, it was all talk and going, oh my God, like it's, yeah. I had this real gory thing in my mind and that's right. It wasn't that at all. No. And it was all no. really quick and, like immaculately clean. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something that I remember. Is it yeah. bizarre that I enjoy being around abattoirs? It probably, it's funny, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, thinking it's bizarre, I'm going to say that out. No, no way to say it. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that. that, that is Larry. Odd, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But actually, my favourite recipe in the book is vegetarian and it okay. is an oh. egg curry. And now I know what you're all an thinking. Curry? An egg curry. I know what you're all thinking that bad. Uh, emissions might happen in your yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> Brave. So basically, and, and it's very nice that Alex gets a mention in the book because Alex's dad, who's dead now, he, di- he died a number of years ago, but he had a best friend who was in the Merchant <clears throat> Navy. Okay. And he travelled the world and, you know, this would have been in the 70s and the 80s. And he taught uh, Alex's dad how to cook egg curry. So Ken was Alex's dad's name and he used to make it for them. So this was a, a really unusual. Wow. Never, he, had a, never had it. Never had it. Never heard of it. Yeah, one night in, it must have been in, I think when Sunil was probably still in Canada. And Sunil made it for him. And he said, like, it's a really popular dish over there. Like, the, And he would do it for staff dinners. But it's absolutely delicious. The sauce is beautiful. And it's really economical. It's really How is the egg cooked? I was going to say, is the egg in there? Yeah, they boil it and then add it. And it's just delicious. It's really oh, good. So definitely give it a go. It's yeah, really, yeah, really yeah. good. If his mint know? sauce recipes in there, make it. Get some needles and inject it in the arm. <laughs> the stuff is crap. I've never had crack cocaine, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I imagine uh, it, have, it's surely. just like it's just like his it's just like his mint sauce. But it all just works. That's the thing. The but the recipes are so good, and it's great because you know you look at it and you go, oh, all these spices. But actually, once you go out and get them all in. Mm, yeah. It's really well written. The photos oh, he, are he, gorgeous. He is leaving. Just, I've been to cookery days that he's done at La Russe and you'd be out there, you know, and he, right. always, he always looks grumpy as well when he's cooking, you know, and he is such a bubbly, happy dude. Yeah. You know, I was like, cheer up, Sunil, for God's <laughs> sake, will you? I was actually fully <laughs> convinced you were going to bring uh, Let's Go Disco in. Oh, the book that Alex did with the Cliff House. I mean, have yeah, you ever seen yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was... Savage. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really... The photography in it is... Yeah. There's one photograph in it. photographer, Shane O'Neill. He's amazing. Yeah. I remember talking to Alex about this one particular photograph. It's a load of herbs or yeah, vegetables. Yeah, all, yeah, yeah. And it's so meticulously done. Yeah. And Shane he was is so symmetrical. Yeah, Shane yeah. O'Neill is the greatest photographer that has ever lived. Yeah. He is Did he make you look good in your wedding? Oh man, will you see me? Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> you walked right into that one, brother. But he is, because he's so busy, it's really hard to book yeah. him now. I met him at a Tom Durley night, speaking of food critics. He was up to do a wedding in the cathedral in Longford. He was staying in Viewmount. Yeah. He rolls at the James and he goes, I'll trade you. He goes, this restaurant's full. He goes, I'll take pictures all night for your website if you give me a free dinner. He loves a barter. <laughs> so he, he the be- and for all the photographers that were hired for years for websites of this, that and the other, the pictures that Shane took that night, you turn around, I'd be like, who are you, dude? Like, I'd be like yeah. he was in the kitchen half an hour and I was so stressed doing the dinner. Then he introduced himself and he would have a course Go out in the crowd, go up to the bar, yeah, come in yeah. behind in the pastry, back into me. 
and me and him became the best of pals. He did my wedding and wouldn't yeah. take money, so he bartered. I wish you had it because he fucking came with eight friends <laughs> to stay over. <laughs> um, we'll have the lobster. We'll have yeah, yeah, yeah. Steak. He took half yeah. a waterford with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole crew. Came yeah, he's yeah, amazing. yeah, but no, he's but that brilliant. Book, you know? That book at the time was a major jump up in standard to what yeah. was done here. And it was a great pr- project to get. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, it was a book called Let's Go Disco. It was written with Martin Keuter. He used to be the chef at the Cliff House in Ardmore. And look, I suppose it was the owners of the hotel had the resources to be yeah, able to put into it. And it was book. stunning. A beautiful, yeah. beautiful photography, be- all of that. Because Alex think was tweeting loads. in that book are tricky to get Oh, well, exactly. Yeah, oh, that yeah. is. Stuff you, you need know, for Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I thought I'd bring something that we use yeah, regularly. Yeah. Oh, no. It's a, yeah, it's a top you know, drawer. Yeah. Well, and yeah. pick, Pickle's amazing, yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for coming in. Oh, it's been so great. Thanks a million. Good to see you again. We didn't go too hard on your all right. No, no, no. And look, I'm glad. And I think now if anything I'd like I'm looking forward to seeing the crispy pancakes on your menu yeah yeah, yeah. You know, just let me know when they're on and yeah, I'll be yeah. in know, yeah. okay. you get the blister from the, the heat I mean, you always yeah, burn yeah. your face don't they yeah but yeah. you still keep eating them yeah, yeah. I'm burning you yeah deadly okay, cool thanks Julie thanks so much So, Ed, into the culinary conundrums. What have we got this week? We yes. love this bit. The mailbox has been hopping, lads. Uh, hi, Gareth and Gary. Huge fan of Dishing It Out. And that's saying something as I'm a Man City fan. Oh, Jesus. Oh, here. That's, okay, that's the end of that letter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, on to the next one. Uh, I'm just looking for some advice and tips. My GP has told me I need to change up my diet in order to bring my cholesterol down. He recommend I look into the Mediterranean diet. And quite honestly, I'm a little bewildered when I Google it. I've never been much of a salad guy, but I really want to give this a go. Can you help? Thanks, Jason in City. And of course, he has to say, up the sky blues. Yeah. Is that really my wife, Annette? Just emailed in, (laughs) winding me up with Man City, number one. And then, uh, what are they looking for? Like a salad recipe? I think just any tips. Well, I would say, if you're going after the word of Mediterranean, I would say, just think about, um, learn how to use olive oil and vinegar. I think that's a really good starting point. And a general rule of thumb, if it's to make a salad, now I'm going to talk about cooking it as well, you use four parts olive oil to one part vinegar. So buy yourself a little jar and pour one, so use whatever you want to measure it and put one part vinegar in and then four parts olive oil, season it with a little bit of salt and pepper and give it a shake and you've just made a very basic vinaigrette. So anytime you're going near a salad now, you're going to dress that salad in a little bit of that. So all... Already, you're introducing olive oil into your diet, which is a huge part of the Mediterranean diet. Try and buy a good quality olive oil. Gary told a a, a good shout out there a few weeks ago about it, but you're trying to get something that's cold pressed. That just means it hasn't went through and they're not squeezing it and and heating it. That's another part of the Mediterranean diet. And then just think about when you're coming into vegetables, think about the Mediterranean vegetables, so your courgettes, your aubergines, your peppers, your onions. If you have a griddle pan, we speak about them all the time, slice them into uh, slices, grill them on a griddle pan, and then dress them in a little bit of that vinaigrette. And I promise you, if you're having a piece of meat or a, a piece of fish, or just those griddle vegetables with some dressed rocket leaves with that very simple vinaigrette, will really open your mind up to how easily you can get wonderful flavour onto your plate. And is it mostly chicken and fish then you'd avoid the red meats for a minute? No, well I wouldn't avoid the red meats. I would just think like you probably just need to move away from butter and cream a little bit if your cholesterol's high and you're probably eating a little, I'm not a dietitian, but 
my knowledge of it is you need to kind of move away from the, the butter and cream all the time yeah. and like potatoes where you're putting loads of butter and cream in and move into the world of vinegars and oils. So there's generally two approaches you're going to take when we take when we're going to construct a dish. I'm putting this in really simple terms here, but you're going to put it with a cream sauce or you're going to put it with an olive oil yeah. and vegetable sauce. So I've just given you a few little tips there to get down, get down that road. And one good way of doing that actually is just eliminate the pots and pans and start spark up your barbecue. I mean, there's nothing that suits the Mediterranean diet better than sunshine. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, if you're going to be cooking, those types of ingredients are in season and at their best, whether it's lettuce leaves and soft herbs and tomato and courgettes and all the squashes and so on, is is light the flame, you know? And, and whenever food is cooked over open flame, I mean, the, the first thing you're going to go for whenever you're using a frying pan is, is oil or a mm. cooking medium. It needs a medium for it to cook. If it's not oil, it's going to be butter, which is, is worse again. So, yeah, get the, get the barbecue sparked on. And what Gareth mentioned there right away as well is, like, the quickest way of aligning yourself to a diet like that is getting to flavor town as quick as possible and even immediately adding a vinaigrette as gareth mentioned into the equation just takes less. i mean there is nothing more beautiful than a well-dressed salad it is just absolutely well, visually stunning. it just looks beautiful doesn't it yeah and the thing about it the thing about a salad right is you know is, you know the loaves and the fish like the, the teach a man how to fish really I mean, you only like a soup you only need to be taught how to make one type of soup once and then the only thing that changes is the ingredients and the flavor the exact same goes for dressings you know if you like a deep flavored balsamic dressing balsamic vinegar uh rasp apple cider vinegar you know any kind of raspberry vinegars are amazing as well white wine vinegars and really when it comes to dressing then as you know as opposed to vinaigrettes a dressing is an emulsification so basically one part Vinegar, three parts vegetable oil. And the thing about uh, a dressing is um, you don't want to use a really expensive olive oil, right? Because you want the vinegar to be the star of the show. In this instance, when it comes, it'll be nice with olive oil as well. But after three or four or five days, the olive oil is actually too strong for the vinegar. It'll overpower it and the whole taste sensation goes all over the place. So cheap Oil is your friend when it comes to making a really good dressing. And as I say, I'll just go with balsamic. It'll be, say, 50 mils. Just give you a 50 mil recipe of 50 mils of balsamic. One teaspoon of uh, Dijon mustard. One tablespoon of honey. And then 150 mils of vegetable oil in a steady stream. And you're whisking as the oil continues to go in in a nice, slow, steady stream, and you'll see it thicken in front of your eyes. You'll see it emulsify just the way a mayonnaise will be made, is made the same way, and that just blows up a nice little salad, or if you're brushing it on to finish some grilled veggies, really nice. Lovely. This one comes in from Marion in Gory. Interesting one. There's Loving the Pod, and I just have a fairly straightforward question for you both. We always hear chefs talking so positively and lovingly about their work, but there is, is there any food ingredient recipe or even cooking style that you just hate? One that you just roll your eyes at when you know you have to deal with it. And that comes in from Marion in Gory. Not really, to no. be honest. No, no, it's I've not. always wondered that. You know when you're hearing like, oh, you know, this, this fish is so beautiful, texture and all this. Is there anything you go, oh, do I have to make it? 
No, well, like, I think uh, we were talking to Gillian there and she said about, uh, she was talking about kidneys. I don't think it was actually on air. We were talking about afterwards. You know, offal is a little bit trickier to work with. Yeah. I don't shy away from it at all. Um, not a lot of guests like it. Like, I love liver when it's cooked correctly. No. Um, but the thing is, when you move into the world of, like, kidney and offal and hearts and all of those things, they really have to be in very skilled hands. And if they're not... Um, I could see why people would turn their nose up at them a little bit, but yeah. like a piece of calves liver that's cooked correctly is I would eat it as quick as I'd eat a steak. Yeah. Um, I'm not overly keen on kidneys and uh, hearts, but I've eaten amazing kidneys and hearts. So, um, so there's not really a, a style or a technique. Yeah, I'd be the same now, same as Garth. Like, there's nothing that I would have a problem with cooking. There's lots no. of things I would have a, maybe an issue with eating. Uh, I, I don't. Well, I don't like. I'm not mad about oysters, you know what I mean? Like, I, I wouldn't go out of my way to, to eat too many of them, but again, I appreciate them, you know. I'm with you on the kidneys, absolutely never in a month of Sundays. Give me, like you, a feed of calves liver with onion, bacon, Amazing. finish with a nice blob of balsamic and a nice little beef stock and champ potatoes or cold cannon. Oh, giddy up, man, dear. Who are you? Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable yeah, yeah. things. Do you know what I mean? I often do that in the kitchen with a good feed. I'm like, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> but no, uh, there's nothing I don't really enjoy. Interesting. I've often wondered the same myself. Is there anything that just bores you? The thing cook? is, is when you're good at everything. Oh, there it is. <laughs> All right. Now, I do you know what? You, you've said that something that bores me. I'm not a huge fan of courgette. Right. I don't mind. I, I never, I, I very rarely think of a recipe and, and courgette as jumping into my mind. Unless it's like, Let's well, take a cucumber. Are. Yeah, no, What's the point of them? Yeah, no, I've more, more, more value for a cucumber now, to be honest. But yeah, cordial. but they're nice in a gin and tonic, but I'd say... <laughs> Seriously. They, though? I don't know. It's just water with texture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ruin everything they touch. Anyway. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Come on, <laughs> Enough about my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> uh, Gareth and Gary, thank you very much for your culinary conundrums. Okay, so that's another week of Dishing It Out Done with me, Gareth Mullins. And myself, Gary O'Hanlon. And we had an absolutely cracking guest this week, Gillian. Yeah. I knew she was going to bring a lot to the party, but uh, yeah. really great to hear insights into the air world of food from the other side. From her side, yeah. yeah. yeah I love Gillian. She's she's brilliant. And uh, yeah, really, really good to see her after so long. And uh, yeah, she was quite on the money, actually. And, you know, she's decent to her core anyway yeah, it's and nice look, to hear her talking about you know places that maybe you know that, that wouldn't be good and the last thing in the world she would ever want to do is that's what is I was going to say it's place. great to see the integrity around and yeah. we knew it was going to be that way but food critics just take their jobs as seriously as, seriously as we do so yeah. Uh, yeah, no, brilliant guest and uh, yeah, delighted that she came in Dishing It Out with Gary O'Hanlon and Gareth Mullins a Go Loud original podcast subscribe for free on the Go Loud app and never miss an episode Go Loud sounds better with us